0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It is, what day is it? It's the 3rd of April. It's a Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I don't even know where to begin. We could begin talking about the fact that the State Department is um, not complying with a subpoena from the House Oversight Committee to deliver certain documents now it's not an issue of classifications the documents cover um, essentially the withdrawal from Afghanistan and in particular its documents that uh, um, um, correspondence regarding how State Department officials on the ground in Afghanistan and other places Uh, felt like the withdrawal would go. And the State Department is not complying with the subpoena. Now, as a quick reminder, during the January 6th hearings, certain individuals went to jail for being held in contempt by not complying with the subpoena. The Secretary of State, at best, one of the few straight white guys uh, in the administration, not that that should matter, it's just that it's surprising that he's there since he doesn't check any boxes. Maybe he's the token. Has said he's willing to brief the committee uh, or summarize this back and forth. uh, with the committee in a closed session. The committee doesn't want, of course, the secretary's spin. The committee liked to have information specific as to what people were saying would happen because the official line from the government is that nobody expected this to happen. And one could see where it would be problematic for this line if, say, the State Department's people in Afghanistan and perhaps uh, surrounding areas had reported that it was likely to descend into chaos. Remember, for the show trial of the January 6th committee, because that's all that was, there was no, there was no cross-examination, there was no, no uh, testing of the evidence that was provided, evidence that was put forward was carefully tr- crafted, made for television by a former ABC producer. So no no challenging of the witnesses. The witnesses were able to say whatever they wanted. They were able to lie with impunity because some of them did. Remember the aide of, uh, um, I think it was the aide of the chief of staff talked about how Trump tried to grab the wheel uh, when he realized they were taking him from his speech to the White House instead of uh, to take him to the Capitol. To join into the protest. Remember that lie? Have you ever been in a limo? Especially a presidential limo, which has a secure barrier between the driver and the uh, back seat area. Couldn't have happened. But it wasn't challenged. Secret service agents were never asked to confirm the testimony of this person. So somebody was, people were jailed for refusing to comply with subpoena from the the January 6th show trial. By the way, did you see that the QAnon shaman on the very day that uh, President Trump was indicted uh, was released from jail. Probably coincidence, not. I do want to talk about the indictment a little bit. I'll, let me finish up with the State Department. So, what's going to happen? I don't know. In reality, I would I would say that that refusing to comply with a subpoena. As a federal employee, I can tell you, as a federal employee in an investigation. If it's not a criminal investigation, it's just an oversight investigation, or they're investigating something that happened that may not have been a criminal event. Do you want to know how many rights you have as a federal employee to take the Fifth Amendment? Zero. You could be fired. And at the end of the day, the Secretary of State, just like every member of the federal government, with the exception, according to the the code of conduct or the standard, the code of standards, only the president and the vice president, they're not considered employees of the federal government. Everyone else is considered an employee of the federal government and thus is subject to the code. code. This is not a criminal investigation. It's an oversight investigation. Secretary Blinken has no more right to even take the fifth, let alone refuse to comply. You see the pattern. I didn't even mean to talk about this for this long. To me, it was just a story in passing. But, but in reality, it is far more serious than Trump's petty indictment that will likely be, or in a real world, would be dismissed by a judge. First, statute of limitations is out. Second, the he the the um, district attorney or the Manhattan attorney, I don't know what is a district attorney, prosecutor. Bragg, who campaigns specifically on taking down Trump. Statute of limitations for what he's actually charging is out. And because it's misdemeanor, except for that, he's leaning on the fact that there potentially is a violation of federal election law, which could bump his misdemeanor charges up to a felony, thus exempt it from the statute of limitations. Vivek Ramaswamy, candidate, Republican candidate for president. came out swinging and he said, if they can do this to Donald Trump, they can do that to you and to me. Except for unlike the president, who's raised millions of dollars off of this event. You and me cannot afford the best attorneys in the world. Well, maybe you can I certainly can't. And so what happens to each of us if we get cross-eyed with the powers that be? And we get in trouble with the law or the interpretation of the law which goes back and we'll close the segment with this. We have too many laws, laws that are on the books that are not being enforced laws that are obsolete, but are still there. Um, Too many laws, which means no law at all. That the Greeks taught. That was a fundamental part of democracy and we don't even have a democracy. But you can't say our system or capitalism, the economic system, it's a slightly different subject, but in reality it's not. You can't say the system's failed or that it doesn't work when you're not applying the rule of law equally across the board. You know, the, the statue of Lady Justice holding the scales has a blindfold on. It shouldn't matter. Black, white, rich, poor, straight, gay. The application of the law should be equal. And the only way you can do that is to have minimal law. Laws that harken back to the Declaration of Independence, which the Constitution was established to, to fulfill the ideals of the Declaration. Laws governing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or if you will, property. Any laws above that, At least at the federal level, but in reality at every level, should be eliminated. And people should be accountable for their actions. You want to drive 70 miles an hour in a 55 zone? Roll the dice. Why should there be a law about that and if the speed limit is 70 or 65 or whatever and you're doing 65 but the road is a sheet of ice you can say well i was driving under the speed limit and what do how do you answer that well you were recklessly endangering other people's lives by driving at a rate of speed that you could not control your vehicle should anything happen. Really? I'm sorry, the the speed limit sign didn't say 65 unless conditions dictate otherwise. You see? Even laws as mundane as traffic laws should be revisited or better yet eliminated. It's the Snake River Lib. I'll be right back. And welcome back to the Snake River Lib podcast. Thank you if I didn't say it before. Thank you so much for listening. Um I mentioned the uh, Donald Trump indictment and as we speak, either he's uh, returned to New York or he's on the way to New York to face his arraignment tomorrow on these trumped-up, pun intended, charges. You have to wonder what is at play here because political logic would dictate... And it was not a good play for the Democrats to indict the president, especially on such a frivolous thing. But they are so obsessed with this time we got him syndrome that any shiny object in the get Trump is going to be something that they're going to latch onto, like a snapping turtle and won't let go. Even though it's never worked and the likelihood of this is probably the same. It's kind of like uh, when Voldemort killed Harry. All of his followers, you know, they were all la- laughing and everything you know when and, and Voldemort brought Harry to Hogwarts and even though he said that if Harry went to the forest that he'd leave them alone of course evil never works that way you know he had to come in and, and not only not only um not leave them alone but force them to swear allegiance to him It's one of my favorite scenes in all the Harry Potter movies. Just the look on Voldemort's face when Harry Potter rolls out of Hagrid's arms onto the ground. And then what do Voldemort's followers do? They leave him as if he was worthless. Because here they thought they finally had him. But they didn't. It's the same with Donald Trump. They're so obsessed. Their 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 Trump derangement syndrome is so intense that they will hang on, and and to, and to until they see Trump go to jail or something like that. And every time he gets away, you know they're like surprised, but yet. Not really. I wonder if these uh, indictments are intentional, trying to drum up some more business for the uh, never-Trumpers and their insurrection fantasies. Because in reality, if you think about it, you know, They need Donald Trump's supporters to go violent. You know, they're the ones that keep having the violence issues, and and perhaps they should examine their, you know, whenever you create people that are perpetual victims, which is what they have cultivated and nurtured for decades. You know, you have to appease the crowd. You have to be, you know, Caesar... You know, had to provide uh, the the games in the Coliseum. Yes, they were given barely enough to eat. But people want more. And that might be a discussion that's more appropriate over on the View from the Rim. But politically, you know, they need Trump supporters, who most of whom have jobs most of whom have families, and many of whom uh, have religious beliefs that give them comfort and give them an alternative to the uh, all-knowing, all-encompassing government. It's unlikely that they're going to spontaneously erupt. Yes, we did have the protests of January 6th that got out of hand. Nobody excuses that. Trump didn't excuse it. In fact, he called on them to stand down. But by and large, you know, they're less likely to get involved in something like that. But I'm guessing that might be one of the at least uh, sub- headings for what is this all about. There's an election going on in Wisconsin right now um, in the process uh, regarding the Supreme Court. Of course, judges are nonpartisan, right? But they're not. Everyone has bias. You know, all you have to do is look at the rulings. You know, I used to be a huge fan of Scalia. Uh, in many ways, still am. Justice Thomas, in many ways, still am. I don't know enough about the Kavanaugh or um, Barrett to form an opinion. I do have an opinion of Justice Roberts, which, by the way, even though he seems to fall not as a conservative i would disagree if you were to say that he's more of a objective i think that every vote that justice chief justice roberts makes is a calculated vote for power and i think that if you want to look at not objective but the most objective justice on the Supreme Court right now would be Neil Gorsuch, uh, the justice who replaced Scalia. Gorsuch, Gorsuch has sided with the, the liberals at times, probably more often than not with the conservative side of the wing, because simply because the conservatives at least want the sheen of originalism or you know, constitutional foundation, not just something made out of whole cloth, which is what the three on the left do. Even Ruth Ginsburg said that, for example, Roe was crappy law. Because it wasn't law. It was a decision, but it was a bad decision. I'm not questioning... The rightness or wrongness of the decision, the decision left open all sorts of issues, which for nearly 50 years had been what political wars were frequently fought over and are still being fought. But yeah, Ruth Ginsburg said that it was bad law. the notorious RBG. As we go forward, you know, justices, you know, shouldn't be that important, shouldn't be that big of a deal, but because we are so full of laws, overflowing with laws, justices in many ways become super legislators or perhaps the Supreme Court in general is a super legislature. Thus, the importance of justices as to the potential undoing of laws that are on the books regarding election laws, etc., Something to watch for there and something to pay attention to. You know, Nancy Pelosi, and I think I mentioned this, but it's worth mentioning again because, you know, Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House uh, a, a couple different times. She, uh... uh she made a comment about President Trump and the, the indictment for President Trump and that he would have the opportunity to prove its innocence, and I know I've mentioned this before, but in reality, if you think about it, that statement in and of itself is something that should have to be considered regarding her ability to uphold her oath to the Constitution. Because the legal system, as crafted, not as it is, but as crafted, was designed to let ten guilty people go free, rather than one innocent person be convicted. And yet, where are we? Where now where your conviction in many parts, not always, because Rich get convicted and Trump, if he was to face a jury trial, very well may be convicted in New York. I mean, it was very wise for Republicans, and they need to do more of this, hold their committee hearings outside of Washington, D.C. And the reason why is so that when a witness perhaps perjures himself, they won't be facing a Washington, D.C. jury that will acquit a Democrat and convict a Republican regardless of the evidence, but rather in the jurisdiction that the hearing was held. They should do it for all of them. OPEC, by the way, if you didn't know, announced today that they were going to be reducing production by a million barrels a day. wonder how the president's going to cover that. Well, I mean, he, he's got two years until the next election, so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, he's pretty much tapped dry the strategic uh petroleum reserve I mean there's still oil in it, but you might want to save some for an actual emergency meanwhile you have the Russians are selling oil my guess is not at market-based prices because the market in general rejects Russian oil to the Chinese to India and what do we do here in the United States we tie the hands of oil producers. The president says, drill, drill now, drill now. Well, if, if you use up all of your resources today, what are you going to do tomorrow? You want to go fossil fuel free? You need a strong economy to be able to overcome the expense of new technology. We do not have a strong economy. Is it going great? Yes. Is the labor market great? You know, what do they say? A recession, you know, the definition of a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. The the, the definition of a depression is when you lose your job. Yes, there are more jobs available than there are people to fill them. And yet good paying jobs, you know, at many of the tech companies are being laid off by the thousands. Or people are being laid off by the thousands. Again, when you cut back on fossil fuel production, it's the poor that is hurt the most. Whether it's the poor in this country, which they are, all of us are, or whether it's the poor in the world. The vast majority of the southern hemisphere does not have a reliable power grid which fossil fuels would be the answer to that. But no, we can't do that. China and India are not subject to the Paris Accords because they're considered developing nations developing ridiculous. China's either the number one or number two economy in the world. They're working to supplant the dollar as the world reserve currency. And certainly the Saudis are going to start taking Chinese money. And I don't remember what it's called offhand. You think interest rates are bad now? Wait until people step back from using the dollar as their reserve currency. And then see what your interest rates are like. Got to pay attention. The more Vivek Ramaswamy speaks, the more I like him. Vivek2024.com. Not an advertiser. Doesn't even know the podcast exists. Check him out. Check out his policy positions. See where he fits to you. My life matters. Does it yours? It's the Snake River Limb.